welcome to the second episode of Lola Lykkes Female Changemaker series. My name is Laura and I'm the co-founder of Lola Lykke, the Finnish wellness brand for moms. Our Female Changemaker series is dedicated to individuals whose professional and personal passions have driven them to do something extraordinary, bringing sustainable positive change to women's well-being. In the course of this series, I will be interviewing amazing women's health experts, professionals and parents who have gone out of their way to accelerate change and to create positive impact around them. Today, I'm joined by our very own content creator, Mana. Hello. And the amazing NHS midwife, Marie, a.k.a. the modern midwife. Hello. Um, uh, Marie is a midwife, educator, author, advisor on the UK TV and radio, uh, a true maternal health champion, as well as a new mom. So um, welcome, Marie. We're excited to have you join us today. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me today. It's my pleasure. And uh, actually, I feel really privileged to be taking part in this series and to be uh, described as a change maker. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're thrilled to have you here. Um, and you're actually joining us from the UK, right? Yes, that's right. Um, I live in Essex at the moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm joining from my family home in Essex. Um, my little baby is sleeping at the moment. Yeah. So if you do hear her, <laughs> my partner is around and he will attend to her. <laughs> um, but yeah, apologies in advance if, if you hear her wake up. Yeah, no problem. I mean, she's only very small still, right? Uh, six months yeah. or so? She's actually eight months now. Eight, it's gone well, so quickly. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, still she's under one. So she's a baby baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we have you here today because um, your journey sounds amazing. And I think what you've achieved already sounds uh, incredible. Um, but um Could you describe to me um, what your journey has been like um, into the educator and motherhood experts um, that you are now? Yeah, so um, it's been a massive journey uh, for me professionally and also personally. Um, but when I was a really young child, so um, my little brother is uh, four, the, the age gap is four years, so he's four years younger than uh, than me. Um, and I have a really vivid memory of my mum being pregnant and me not really understanding what pregnancy was as four-year-olds don't. <laughs> um, but then the, the vivid memory that I have is that when she um, introduced us to my little brother, I thought that she was some sort of superhero and that, it, you know, my mum had this amazing ability to grow humans. Yeah. And I remember just being so fascinated by that. And that fascination has genuinely never gone away like I still when I'm at a birth now I still and as cheesy as it sounds it's absolutely true I still look at that woman I'm like wow like that is a superpower it's amazing <laughs> and I guess like part of the journey for me I thought that I would be um my uh, sort of fascination with pregnancy and birth would be satisfied through education and through learning and a lot of it was But as mentioned, still, I'm in awe of what the female body is capable of. And I mm. really don't think that it is kind of publicized and actually discussed enough. Like how you see someone in the street and you're like, oh, yeah, she's pregnant. Like, 
But that's like, it's really incredible what her body's actually doing. The yeah. fact that her heart has increased in size, her lungs are changing shape, her organs have been displaced, <clears throat> yeah. her brain is changing, she's starting to produce milk. You know, like all of these changes are phenomenal, not to mention she's growing another human life that is conscious, aware, having yeah. an experience. You yeah. know, the, the whole thing is just fascinating so yeah. in terms of um my my journey it has been incredible because a lot of that um a lot of that wonder has been satisfied with knowledge so i now understand how mm. it is possible i understand the function of the placenta for example but um i'm still very much on a journey because yeah. in midwifery you're constantly learning and um i think that's the beauty of the job really so yeah it's it's <clears> been an incredible one and uh, for me personally, I had my first baby after being a midwife for a very long time and experiencing it all firsthand. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's been a real journey on top of going through all of the education and everything that I've done yeah. um, professionally in my career. So you knew quite early on then you would, you know, you're one of the lucky ones who knows from early childhood uh, what they want to do. Well, actually, I didn't understand what a midwife was until I was about um 15 years old yeah um and then i decided oh that's what i want to do i want to be a midwife i was always fascinated by it but i didn't understand i i didn't even know that that was an option for me yeah um and when i told my teachers and my careers advisors they all said no you're too young you won't get in you don't have life experience you haven't had a baby hmm. um and they tried to deter me but the more they tried to deter me the more i said <laughs> actually this is definitely what i want if you're going to tell me i can't do it watch me yeah. um and so uh, i think the passion for um understanding more about pregnancy and birth came through in my interviews i was 17 years old but wow. they knew that I was like, you know, really serious about being a midwife. It wasn't yeah. something I didn't want to cuddle babies all day. Don't get me wrong. That's lovely. But I wanted to know the science. I wanted to know how this happens. I wanted to know how I can help. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I was very young. I started at 18, my um, training, and I qualified at the age of 21. So sometimes I was looking after women that were double my age and I was <clears throat> yeah. helping them through labor. And that was a bit challenging at times, I think, being so young, mm -hmm. but also um, being fairly uh, senior in my role you know at 22 I progressed to being a bound six midwife yeah um, so yeah. Uh, yeah but I know that you've been an NHS midwife right for over a decade um, but in addition to that you do an amazing amount of uh, advocacy work and, and 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 you work independently as well and you've got your education series and I mean it's it's, it's a very very um, admirable <laughs> amount of activities you get up, up to Ah, thank you. Yes. Um, yeah, most recently, um, I produced the online um, antenatal courses and education series, as you're very aware, and it's, yeah. it's a pleasure to work with you on that as well. Um, but I produced that, yes, when during the height of the pandemic and when I was pregnant myself. So it was a really nice time to record because I feel like the knowledge that I had leading up to that was incredible. And then to be able to interject my own personal experience being on camera heavily pregnant, um, I think added a lot of value mm. to the to the series for women because I'm I'm going through it with them. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's kind of encapsulated um, in a time capsule, I suppose, because you know, as I got more pregnant, we got we continued on with the series, and I started to talk about birth just before I gave birth myself. So yeah. it was very timely. Yeah, that's the best possible timing. Yeah, I yeah. was browsing your your website, and your mission is clearly to have positive impact on on pregnancy and maternity, and 
one thing that I paid quite a bit of attention to was the modern midwife phrasing that that you have going on everywhere. It's it's interesting. What is a modern midwife? How how would you describe it? Who is a modern midwife? Yeah, so it's it's not just me that's a modern midwife. Um, I just so happen to call myself that, but. Um, the the term I sort of I came up with myself and really for me a modern midwife is making sure that you are always understanding the evolving population and understanding women's needs by being up to date and being part of a community of other modern midwives so um, for example I actually started up a, an event called Modern Midwives Meetups. And the whole point of this was to bring together as many birth experts as possible so that we could all share best practice. And so that we can all talk about, okay, what can we do to make a collective difference? Because me by myself, I'm gonna make a difference. But actually, you know, doing what I have done, like recording an online series and talking to other birth experts and practitioners and understanding that we can all be collective modern midwives um, and modern birth experts, I think that is is really important. So I kind of I although I, I call myself a modern midwife, that is not exclusive to me. I do believe there's lots of other people out there that practice um with that with that way of thinking that it's a lifelong learning you know I, we should always be modern we should always be up to date we should always be seeking new research and the other side of that is um traditionally women would go for example into hospital and hand over their care to mm. their care provider mm. right for me in our modern times I don't believe that's the way it should be. I believe that women should come into hospital and we should be facilitating them to be at the center of their their own care. So they should be telling me, Marie, I want this, I want that. And I'm explaining to them, okay, that's fantastic. Yes, let's have an active birth, I'm with you. I, we would recommend monitoring because for a, a specific reason, if that woman needs monitoring, but I'm here to accommodate you. I'm not gonna tell you, sit on the bed, I need to do this to you. I am accommodating your needs and you are at the center of your own care. I'm working around you. And that's another kind of um, the other side to to being a modern midwife or modern practitioner. That's really interesting, Um, especially how you're talking about the series that you've created. It, It sounds absolutely brilliant. Your series is now also a book. Yeah, so actually the book was um, published uh, first. So the book is just over one year old. Congratulations. (laughs) Um, Thank you very much. Um, Yeah, so yeah, I wrote a book um, and I cover a lot uh, in that book um, as well. But I think that the online series um, is an opportunity for women to engage further. Not everybody does read or not everyone enjoys Mm. reading some people prefer to listen as we are on this podcast um so then you know i thought that it would be good to have another option for women to be able to engage further and to see somebody's face because especially in covid times okay it's not quite the same being virtual but it's the next best thing to having someone that is really there for you and explaining and you can see facial expressions, you know. So that's why um, I progressed on to to produce the digital series. That's good. That's a really good point. That's quite interesting as well. Do you think that you've had that space by creating that digital series that sort of, would you say more up to date even than the book? Um, 
I wouldn't necessarily say that one is more up to date than the other. I mean, naturally, the younger the the work produced, the mm. more up to date. Indeed. However, a lot of what um, a lot of what we talk about and a lot of what I say. Um, is based on similar research and similar evidence and similar way of thinking. Like, you know, for example, I say to women, you are the birth boss. I don't have that phrase in my book. I say to women, um, you need to, for example, you know, make your own decisions and make informed decisions. But um, I say to women, yeah, you are the birth boss. And that is for you to really take ownership of. Um, so, I mean, there's different phrases, there's different ways that I discuss things, but discuss things. But ultimately, um, the foundation of the information is is similar. Yeah, that's that makes sense. Do you think sort of carrying on from that? I suppose. Do you think that you have enough space to 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 really tackle those really difficult issues in maternity that that minimums face and that are sort of seem to be almost embedded into maternal care in 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 many situations um when you say enough space what do you what do you mean by enough space exactly do you think it's the right platform do you think do you think you're being taken um as a professional do you think uh, do do you find that people that women especially who listen to you that that they hear what you say i think so i mean um I get hundreds and hundreds of messages uh, every day on social media from women saying, and you know, it, it it's really humbling. They say how much of an impact I've had on their lives and their pregnancy and um, how I've almost become a friend, which is really, you know, it's a huge compliment to me. And that's what I started out to do is to help women to feel supported and for me to not be the boss and tell them this is how things are going. I'm explaining to them, here is the research. This is for you to interpret this is my professional opinion and i'm here to have a conversation about it for you um so i think that in terms of the space that is available um i do think it has massive potential and especially being in this digital world that we are now um, and the availability of technology i am one person never before having the uh, technology that we have today would i be able to impact you know at the moment i have thousands of followers on Instagram and not, there's no way I would be able to impact thousands and thousands of women in the way that I have without utilizing technology, the digital series that I've produced, social media, all of these things make a real collective difference to women and, and, and how they feel. And um, so yeah, to answer your question, I do think that there is enough space. I think that more space can always be created. Um, and I think there's always a need for improvement and that's what we need to never take our eye off. We can always do better, I can always do better. Um, and I think that's really important to recognize that and keep pushing to create space and keep pushing to deliver information. Yeah, it's really interesting how, how when we've collaborated, you are, you are delivering our Lola Anduke educational series. You are the face and the voice and the the idea which is I think we both Laura we yeah. both find that absolutely amazing yeah and yeah if I can jump in here I mean just um just the way you describe modern midwife and what that means and you know this was the initial reason why we got in touch with you and that kind of 
fully uh, goes hand in hand with what we are trying to do. The, the message we are telling moms um, is that nobody else can live the experience for you. Nobody else can tell you how to do it. Um, but you have to do it yourself. Uh, and, and to be able to do that, that means that you have to be aware and you have to be prepared and you have to have the information. And really, I mean, I hope that I, I had had somebody like you uh, going into my first birth because, I mean, that was a combination of not having really any factual information because that seemed to be the, the way we approached things at the time. Um, the less you know, you know, the, the less scared you are, um, which obviously doesn't yeah. doesn't make sense. It means that you go into the situation and you're fully unprepared um, and not in control in any way. So so really not, not the way to, to approach things. Um, so, I mean, yes, we absolutely love your approach. Um, it's, you know, what we're trying to do and we're so pleased to be working with you. Sorry, just to And no, and, and our collaboration has actually culminated in a slightly wider um, physical recovery inclusive educational series with Finnish physiotherapists and it is available at lolaluke.com. Um, how do you feel, Marie, about us including the, the physical therapy and the physical recovery quite so strongly into your already produced work? Yeah, I think that um, it's made a massive difference and has really, um, it uh, has long lasting benefits and impact. So, you know, it was great to work in, in a collaborative way as well with um, the experts at Lolo and Luke because for me um, as a midwife, um, my knowledge is um, extensive surrounding pregnancy, birth, postnatal period and postnatal recovery. But to be able to work alongside the experts um, at Lolo and Luke gave me the opportunity to kind of widen that. Um, so I think it's really important for women because one of the issues that we are facing is the reduction in postnatal care. Um, and the visits in postnatal care. And this isn't just around COVID. This is uh, postnatal care has been slightly reduced uh, over the years, as mentioned. So especially the postnatal section, I think is absolutely key um, to supporting women to recover the best in the best possible way from birth. And the key message behind what, what, what we are saying as well is that you do not have to accept pain as part of your life because you had a baby. Like that is the biggest myth that is ever told. Like women, okay, oh yeah, you you have pain um, during sex. Oh, you know, it's because you had a tear, because you had, a, you know, a baby. Or, oh, you leak urine. Yeah, that's because you had a baby. No, these things are not acceptable. We have the power and we have the professionals and we have the support available to help women through all of those things. And it's not something to be um, accepted. and. For me, that is a really important message for women because so many women postnatally just so just think that's going to be them for the rest of their life. And that's not how it should be. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's that's definitely one of the biggest issues we've faced as well. And that's actually the starting point for the business. Um, how, how disappointed we were personally with the postnatal care um, that we got or I mean, didn't get in this this uh, instance. Um, but just those those physical problems uh, and mental challenges that you go through and, you know, really struggle to find help with. Um, mm. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's so important for us to get together and, and collaborate uh, and to fill that void so that, um, yeah, other moms don't have to uh, put up with the same problems. Yeah, and yeah. also... 
Laura, I think it is really incredible what you've done from your own experience, like that bravery of saying, okay, there, you know, I didn't have a good experience. Um, that was difficult. I'm actually going to make a difference to other women. Um, that I think is really brave to be open and honest about having a difficult experience as well. And to then on top of that push for change to make things better. Um, yeah, the world needs more of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. We just actually recorded the first episode here last week discussing my experience in detail. And Boy, I must tell you that was a hard place to go to. Okay. I mean, it's um, you think that you've processed things, but then you you know kind of it feels like that you haven't. I mean, these are things that just somehow stay with you forever. And I feel yeah. like every time you go through something like that, even years and years and years after, you'll find something new. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think you know coming to the end of that and and looking at the learnings and you know looking back um again the the keys for recovery and you know for moving forward and having closure were having information understanding what happened uh, and thankfully i mean i had my third um birth experience which went to plan you know i went in prepared i'd done my homework yeah. and i was in control and it felt beautiful so um Yeah, it was a big, steep learning curve, but um, yeah. had a happy and ending, thankfully. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, I just said had a happy ending, th- thankfully, I mean, um, in my case. Exactly. And that's what I was going to say. It's, you know, um, it's so good that you had the opportunity to have a positive birth experience after having such dif- such a difficult and negative time. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think that's so important. And and you also have acknowledged and fully understood firsthand what information and what knowledge can do for you and how to harness that so that you can work with your body, so that you can understand your body, so that you can ask for help when you know that something isn't right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Um, let's end on that note and take just a small break and we'll be back in a moment. Right. So welcome back. Um, So let's move on to the next topic. Um, You're also a hypnobirthing instructor um, and mental health is obviously very close to your heart. I um, wondered if you could tell me what you think brands like Lola Lucke can do to truly affect the mental health of of expecting moms. I think that you're making um, a big difference with what you're doing right now. Um, which is providing a combination of things for women, um, co- providing education, providing information and providing products that really make a difference. Because quite a lot of places you can only um, have access to one of those things, either the products or services and information. But having that combination um, makes a huge difference to mm. women to enable them to um make a difference in their own pregnancy and feel that empowerment of understanding, okay, this is why I have, for example, pelvic girdle pain, and this is what I need to do to address it. I can speak to a physio and I can also invest in the postnatal support, uh, the, sorry, pregnancy support band, for example, yeah. um, that I use during my pregnancy. And I must say, <laughs> when I, the first time that I put it on, my boyfriend was like, are you okay? Because I was like, 
Oh, it's like, you're okay. Um, I was like, I'm more than okay. Like, this is life changing because the weight of Georgie was just taking over my pelvis. Um, And it was so uncomfortable. And obviously, you know, I understand why that happens during pregnancy, but having an understanding of it doesn't make you exempt from the symptoms. And naively, Mm. I kind of thought, oh, I know all about it. I'll manage it. (laughs) No, actually, the pregnancy support band helped me to manage that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I mean, you know, what you say is so true. And and for us, um, definitely from the start, uh, from the start of the business, we always wanted to offer holistic, comprehensive support for moms. I mean, it was never enough for us to just create these support bands and, and, and you know, say that they alone would would um, be enough. Um, but we always had this dream uh, and this vision of, of something very, very comprehensive, you know, that provides all kinds of support from start to finish because there's so many different types of um, issues that you need help with. Um, yeah. And... Um, and I mean, I'd love to hear maybe a little bit more about your view on mental health and, you know, um, your specific interest in that. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe start by asking you what you would say is the one thing um, new moms can do to to uh, support their mental well-being. Yeah, so I think first and foremost is checking in with yourself um, and looking at how you really feel a lot of the time in this day and age we are rushing you know whatsapp is very quick emails very quick you can get same day delivery now of various different websites i don't want to name any big brand names um but we know (laughs) who i'm talking about so you know everything's very fast pace yeah in our lives and i think that um we need to slow down during pregnancy um and we need to check in with ourselves properly rather than, oh, you know, oh, let me just push that feeling aside because I have a meeting coming up and I need to do this and I need to do that. If there's ever a time in your life when you're going to really look after yourself, it's during pregnancy because, mm-hmm. and postnatally. Yeah. Because by looking after yourself, you're looking after your baby. And a lot of the time we sort of think, oh, the baby's fine. And whether that's during pregnancy or after birth, the baby's fine. So, you know, everything must be fine. No, actually, your needs matter. and you need to be able to sustain what you're doing and that's really really important so mm. specifically talking about mental health one of the number one things that i always advise women do is think check in with yourself like have a top to toe daily how am i actually feeling mentally am i getting headaches am i drinking enough water you know is drinking enough water like is such a um overlooked thing it's so simple but it can reduce so many symptoms that um pregnancy exasperates so and even leading up to birth as well so just checking in with yourself daily and noticing your needs yeah is so crucial yeah yeah absolutely I, i couldn't agree with you more um and what is what is hypnobirthing um can you tell me a bit more about that yeah, so hypnobirthing is sometimes misunderstood, I think. Um, and people think that they're going to go into this state of hypnosis, you know, like you see a magician do to someone on stage. <laughs> Actually, no, it, it isn't that. It isn't like that at all. So hypnobirthing really is um, antenatal education in, com- in combined with yeah. um, a set of mind management tools. <gasps> and 
you and I see my job as a hypnobirthing teacher to provide women with those tools and for them to make a decision as to which tools they would like to use. So it's not one rule fits all. We all know that. We all like different things and um, we all react differently to different things. So you, for example, one one woman, I... um, may explain to her about the touching technique and the stroking technique and she may really like that other women don't really like tactile to be tactile they don't really like to be touched and they would much prefer to listen to hypnobirthing tracks and do breathing exercises so it's about creating this toolbox that you use every single day and that builds upon what i was just saying about checking in with yourself every day in my opinion that is part of your hypnobirthing because you're addressing yourself you're addressing your needs you're addressing your mental state your physical state they're still they're they're very much entwined Mm -hmm. so to build on from that with hypnobirthing you only need to spend 10 minutes a day but you need to spend them on the toolbox that you have created for yourself effectively by saying okay visualizations work really well for me I'm going to do breathing and I'm going to do visualizations then as the pregnancy progresses I'm going to add a little bit of aromatherapy into that and I'm going to do aromatherapy with my breathing visualization Mm. and then moving on from that every day I'm going to start doing affirmations so I'm going to start telling myself uh, my body is built for birth my body is built for birth and so it's about building Um, a set of tools that are meaningful to you so that when you go into labor on that day, you are not panicking. You understand your body. You know that the sensations that you are feeling are normal. They are natural. And you also have um, a toolkit to draw upon. So you're going to be breathing and utilizing that breath that you've used. You're going to be using your aromatherapy that's going to make you feel more calm. so yeah, it's practice that's required for for a few weeks or many weeks leading up to, to the yeah. birth. And it sounds lovely, I mean, taking a, a real kind of personal approach to, to whatever suits you, you know, what makes you calm, yeah. what helps you. So that's a yeah. lovely way to approach birth, for sure. Yes, absolutely. And I think that we can be guilty at times of thinking and, uh, yeah, viewing women and women's bodies as a one rule fits all because we don't expect that in any other area of life. So why we expect all women to behave the same in labor or to require the same amount um, in labor, I think is uncanny really because as i say we don't look at life in no. in any sort of life like that so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's one of life's great mysteries for sure how we treat <laughs> pregnant women and and women at childbirth <laughs> you know uh, yeah. we were just discussing this um recently and um it's 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 a huge problem um but i think education and and, and prepare preparing yourself uh is is really key to this absolutely talking about experiences that people have gone through actually Marie you have experience of going through pregnancy and childbirth during a pandemic yeah (laughs) that's quite something yeah that's wild that is for everyone who's been pregnant during a pandemic everyone who wants to be pregnant right now everyone who's had children during this time that is that is really quite impressive it's it's been difficult for for I think we us us who've not had children then those those of those of us who've had children that's been really hard okay um as as a mum how do you think marie that that went yeah so as a mum um i i was quite disappointed at times with the the um the lack of input that my partner was uh, enabled 
um, to have, I suppose, because he was unable to attend my scans. And for me, that was, you know, that was quite disappointing. I'm going to be very honest about that. I understand the thinking, the reasoning um, and yeah, the, the structure that was put in place to try to protect our NHS. I get that. I'm an NHS midwife, but I can't act like I wasn't upset by that because it affected me personally and um, have, not having him there at, at the scans, you know, in my 20 week scan, I was sat in the waiting room and I was feeling a little bit nervous because it, this is the first time as a mum that I had been pregnant before. Okay, I had looked after thousands of women, I've spoken to thousands of women, but I had never actually been pregnant myself. So experiencing it firsthand as a mum, there were times when I would worry, is everything okay? Is my scan going to be okay? You know, I, I, I hope that my baby's developing well, but this scan is gonna help me understand whether or not that is the case. Um, and so going to those alone was, was difficult at times. Um, however, my knowledge as a midwife really, really helped because I was able to kind of counsel myself in one way and I was able to rationalize and I was able to think about the evidence. I was able to think about research that helped me and supported me to make the decisions that I made as a mum. So it clearly helped you quite a bit having knowing so much definitely definitely because when my appointments were reduced so as a midwife i always had an idea of what my pregnancy is going to be like Mm. of course (laughs) i thought (laughs) okay so yeah i know the antenatal care pathway i know everything that's going to happen well of course i know that pregnancy can throw curveballs but i meant i know everything that is going to to happen is in uh, what appointments I'm I'm going to be recommended and you know the the various different right. screenings that happen during pregnancy I didn't need to look up um what the different tests were I understand all of those but of course it didn't happen like that the pandemic happened and that was that massively threw me off but mm. knowing that okay I wasn't going to go to my 34 week appointment I knew how to monitor my baby I knew what my body was doing I knew when I should ask for help and when I should ask for support so all of those things I think were massively beneficial I also understood a little bit more about um, COVID itself and I wasn't overly concerned by it because I was um, I had access to the latest information and evidence because I was being provided that by um, my workplace so I was able to read up on the very latest information because we were then giving that information to women so it that that was very helpful in one way um in a massive way actually but still it it wasn't easy yeah and i mean just jumping in here um you can just imagine what um, uh, a woman goes through during pandemic um, when they haven't got that experience and knowledge behind them i mean you know it must have been a really really scary time uh, to navigate that world sort of without those appointments Um, yes yeah and I got a lot of messages from women reaching out and asking me for help and asking me for support and asking me um you know what is happening why haven't I been seen can my partner come to my birth is COVID going to affect my baby am I at risk of miscarriage you know Mm. all of these things women are stewing and women are really concerned about that they're they're real you know, fears that are being presented daily on the news, death toll and did it. Yeah. And all of this, pregnancy is anxiety provoking enough. Mm. But when you're, when you're faced with all of this, this media and this doom and gloom and this, you can't do this, these restrictions that, um, you know, that, that had a huge impact on women. And I know 
that for sure because I was answering hundreds of messages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll take a, a short break at this point uh, and then we'll come back for a few last questions. So, um, coming back to the podcast with Marie, um, um, we wanted to to um, pick your brain about a few few last topics. Um, we know that the discussion around motherhood is is changing pretty rapidly. Would you say? I mean, it's it's um, there's a lot happening, and you know, for instance, accessibility, demand for better experience, and need for more personalized care, like we've just discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What areas would you say are the up and coming areas into the conversation about maternal health and experience? So, I mean, COVID is obviously at the forefront of all of our minds and how that has changed maternity care pathway. And, you know, as as we've discussed and um, the restrictions that have been placed on women for their plan. So, for example, um, the major issue now is reintegrating those services, um, I believe. So, for example you know, reopening and offering women the services that had previously been um, closed, for example, like home birth, some units were no longer able to provide that service because that service required on ambulance services should women need to be quickly transported into hospital. And may I add, that is extremely rare um, that Mm. that does happen. But of course, the safety of that service relies on, on that ability and that quickness. So the reintegration of those services um and supporting the sort of i guess the the effects of covid i think is probably a number one yeah the number one thing on everyone's radar at the moment and how yeah. this how this pandemic has affected women but not only women how it's affected their babies um and if there has been an impact on the on the and not i'm not talking about necessarily the physical effects of covid uh, I think the, the the mental effects of being in lockdown, the isolation, never, yeah. you know, pregnancy is, is a time where women have always said they feel a bit vulnerable mm. um, and they feel a bit isolated because at times you, it's not true, but you feel like you're the only person to think what you're thinking and feel yeah. that what you're feeling. And hormones, as incredible as they are and how they, you know, facilitate the nurturing and the growing and the development of a baby, they can be um, have have a real negative effect on women's outlook and women's mm. emotional well being. So I think that in terms of going forward, we need the integration of services and understanding <clears throat> what women have been through. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the aftermath of picking up the pieces of COVID and that isolation and that lack of contact that women have received yeah is yeah. going to be an issue that i think we should be looking at addressing yeah and i mean it's obviously uh covid has impacted the way um services um are delivered um you know th- there's been a lots of lots of change um in terms of you know support moms get uh, in different ways so do you think there's potentially some positives um that will come out of it um in the long yeah. run Yes, absolutely, I do, and I think that you know, there's 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 pros and cons to absolutely everything in life. Mm. Sometimes there's more pros, sometimes there's more cons. We all know that, 
So I think that um, there are some positives. For example, some women have been monitoring their own blood pressure at home. Yeah. And this has, they've found it to be really positive for them. And they're because they've not had to rush into hospital or trying to find a parking space or, you know, get into a big hospital. They don't know where they're going. They turn up to their appointment. They're a bit stressed. Their blood pressure is high. It's going yeah. to be high. If they're monitoring at, at home, then um, some women have found great comfort in that. Other yeah. women, not so much. Other women would prefer to have a professional take their blood pressure. Um, yeah. But I think that it's really interesting telehealth, as we describe it as being this kind of healthcare from a from a distance, from a telephone, from a screen. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that may well have a positive impact um, going forward. And also the types of questions that we have been asking women. I was, I've been made aware of one hospital that is actually asking women, how do you think your baby is growing? And that's a question yeah. we don't traditionally no. ask because we measure that's the size brilliant. of the uterus. Yeah, yeah. Whereas we're asking women, and I think that that gives them more ownership of their, of their care, their pregnancy, it empowers them to actually think for themselves, okay, how is my baby growing? Do, and I'm not saying that women don't think for themselves, of course they think for themselves. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when you have a tape measure out and you're telling the woman, this, your bump is actually too small or your bump is actually too big. Women tell us a lot about what is happening to their body. And quite often they will say, yeah, I think that uh, my bump is, you know, measuring a little bit too small or, or too big, but we would um, focus on what the tape measure is saying. Whereas now it's good because we are having more of these conversations with women because things are from a, a bit of a distance yeah. or, or have been. Yeah. And asking, how is your baby growing? And relying on their, their, um, their understanding of their body and their baby. And I think that's really helpful for women to bond with their pregnancy as well, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's potentially one of the most uh, amazing things to come out of this. Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, we, we're really encouraging women to take control of their own pregnancy and uh, experience uh, and kind of get to understand their health. Um, so that's really yeah. positive. Yeah. And I love yeah. I love how you, Marie, brought into into this this conversation, these conversations that 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 actual women themselves are having in, in Finland. We've seen this sort of adjacent movement to the hashtag me too which is mm -hmm. hashtag me too giving birth so women mm -hmm. are actually sharing their own experiences uh, without being prompted to do so so do you think that the time for actual change because females and women and pregnant people mm -hmm. are volunteering that information do you think it's finally time that their experience can change sort of institutionally as well yeah i would hope so is the answer um and i do think that there's a we were talking about earlier about you know creating that that additional space and i think that this is a really good time to create additional space for women to be heard in terms of experiences um and what how what they think and feel about their about their pregnancy and to, just to add to that as well is the communities that have come as a result of this so for example you know the the on social media or on various different platforms where women are, are creating groups amongst and they're, and they're supporting each other mm. because they're all in that together. They're all feeling like, oh, from a distance. But that initial reach out, I think, is so important to keep this conversation going and open um, about not just pregnancy and birth and the postnatalhood, but motherhood as yeah. well. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll we'll end on that thought. Uh, we're out of time, uh, but we've enjoyed talking to you Immensely. so much. Um, and Thank it's, you. Thank <laughs> you so much. It's it's clear that you're creating uh, an immense positive impact around you. Uh, so really, really excited to have you um, here with us today as part of the Female Changemakers. In the next episode of Female Changemakers, We'll be talking to Stiliana Minkowska, a London-based architect, mother, and so much more. So, until next time, thanks.